All right, we'll give you like 20 seconds to calm down. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for Alan. We thank you for what you've deposited in him for us this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and your word that flows through him today. God, we uh, are open to hear from you uh, through him today. And we ask that you would uh, minister to our lives and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We good? We on? There we go. Hey, welcome everyone. My name is Alan Dice. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're here this morning. Just a couple uh, quick housekeeping things here for the for this morning and for our lesson. First of all, uh, for uh, the lesson time this morning, you need two pieces of paper. You need this this green sermon outline. They're they're on the back table. If you didn't get one, if you didn't get them, run back and get one now. Uh, it's a green piece of paper that says "What's your plan?" and there's a yellow paper. Some of you recognize this. Uh, that says uh, monthly cash flow plan. So we're talking about money this morning again. We're talking about finances. And, and we believe that God has a specific word and message for each one of you in, in some small way, whether you're 12 years old or whether you're up to uh, 92, we believe that God has something specific for you this morning in, in this. Uh, also, um, this, this sermon series is called God, Money, and You, and we've got these little postcards in, uh, on the back uh, that really lay out the roadmap for all four of these Sundays. So this is the third Sunday called, called Planning, or What's Your Plan? Uh, so, yeah, let me get my uh, PowerPoint up and running here this morning. So uh, these postcards are on the back for you to pick up and take, take along, too, so you know where we're going each Sunday. And then the other postcard that's on the back is this, uh, the seven baby steps from Dave Ramsey called uh, uh, God, Money, and You, the seven baby steps. And it starts off, you know, number one, saving a $1,000 emergency fund, number two, paying off debt, and, and so on, all the way down through the seven, seven baby steps. They're all on the back table, too. So if you need to pick up some, some of those or some more of those to take along with people, uh, to give out to people, take them along because we won't be saving them after uh, a Sunday or two. So uh, we'd love for you to take them along. Say goodbye today to Sean Kreider. Where's Sean at? He's heading off uh, next Sunday. So this is the last uh, Sunday we'll see him for, for a few weeks, uh, months, months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So uh, Sean's heading off to missions in YWAM. So yeah, blessings to you, Sean. Seven baby steps. I want to put in a huge plug for Financial Peace University. It's a nine-week class that's coming up starting next week. Not this week, but next week on Tuesday nights here in the church building, 7 o'clock. It's God's principles for personal finances. I believe each one of you will be tremendously blessed by by going through that in some way. How, How many have already gone through Dave Ramsey's financial? Yes. Was it a blessing? Yes, all right, and, and uh, I believe that, that God will, will bless many more of you from teenagers all the way up, young adults, uh, people are just married, people have been, uh, uh, are a little bit older in their lives, all the way up through stages of life that uh, will, be, will be blessed and, and God will speak to you in some way. So that is Tuesday nights. You can register through the church website, newperchurch.net, and, and follow your way to events tab. And then the Financial Peace University tab, and it'll take you straight to the link to get registered. So uh, I really encourage you. Some of you already have registered, so that's great. 
thanks for coming on board, uh, but, but there's room for lots more. So I really want to encourage you to do, to do that. Starts Tuesday, March 6th, not this week, but next week. So today we are talking about planning, and, and really the, the uh, title I gave for this morning is What's Your Plan? And we're talking about planning ahead financially, having a plan. A financial plan is also called what? A budget, the B word. People usually cringe and shake and shudder and say, I don't want to hear that word. We'll call, it a, we'll call it a spending plan. Is that okay? Is that, is that a little bit better? So we're going to start this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 25. If you have your electronic devices, we have Wi-Fi here, so you can uh, uh, get your Bible that way, your Bible app. So Matthew 25, we're going to be starting at verse 14. And this is Jesus teaching, and he says, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them, And he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master... You delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You know that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Let's back up to the very beginning of this teaching, where in verse 14, it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey. What is Jesus talking about? It. What is it? So to get the answer to that question, we have to look in Matthew 25, all the way back at the very beginning of the chapter. And, and Jesus starts out by, by giving another parable in Matthew 25. And, and he starts out that by saying, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. And, and then he gives another parable, this one we're talking about today. And, and he gives another one about the kingdom of heaven. And, and he's saying this is another example of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. In that, in one way, God is our master and we are his servants. 
and, and that God entrusts you and me with certain things, certain treasures, whether it's money, but not limited to money. There's a lot more that God gives us besides money, right? It's time, it's talents, it's resources, it's influence, it's rain coming down outside, right? God entrusts us with good things, with blessings. Um, and, and some of the, the principles... Not all of them, but some of the principles we begin to read as we uh, gather, as we read the story, are responsibility and accountability. That God has given us things and we are responsible to Him and we are accountable to Him for what He gives us. And that's not just money. That's, that's all the resources and time and, and spiritual gifts and, and, phys- and physical talents and all the things that God gives us. And, and notice that God gives more to some people and less to others. You say, that's not fair. Well, that's the way God operates in that he gave more talents to one person and gave less talents to another. God doesn't call you to compare with each other and say, ha ha, I got more talents than you do. No, it's you need to be responsible and accountable to God for the talents you have in your life, not comparing yourself with other people, not, not laughing at other people because you've got more than they do, not feeling condemned because you've got less than what other people have. And, and really, I wanted to start out by saying this morning, the, these teaching on, on finances, we don't want you to come away feeling condemned. We don't want you to feel, come away feeling guilty. We wa- don't want you to feel like, uh, like you're... Uh, being guilted into something. We just want to challenge you to see what God's Word says about finances and then step up into maybe a new way of thinking and a new way of living as a result of seeing what, what God says in His Word about finances. So we, when we focus on money, I, I believe one of the best ways to act with responsibility and accountability is with a spending plan, is with a, is with a budget. That is telling your money where to go instead of asking, where did my money go? (laughs) I I like to compare it to each of your dollars. (laughs) Got $4 in my wallet this morning. And each of your dollars is like a little soldier. And, And that you tell your soldiers where to go and what to do and how to work. I think a lot of people reach into their wallet and look and it's empty and say, where'd my money go? I don't know where my money went. No, I believe God's telling us to to tell our money purposefully where to go. So we're talking about budgeting this morning. Number one, to, to begin acting in a responsible or accountable way, number one is facing the facts. Number one point, facing the facts. Proverbs 27 23 to 27. This might apply more and connect more with people who are in agriculture or live in the country or, or have, uh, have um, farm animals. Proverbs 27, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? When the grass is gone, And the new growth appears, and the vegetation of the mountains is gathered. 
The lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and maintenance for your girls. I want to stress the first four words of these, uh, of these verses. Know well. Know well the condition of your finances. Know well the condition of your business. In other words, the, the scripture here is telling us, mind your business, because no one else can mind it like you can. Pay attention to where your money's going. Pay attention to where your money's coming from. Uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, personal finance is like this, this big uh, cauldron, this, this big black pot uh, that's murky and, and dark inside. And they look down inside and, and they say, my personal finances, all my money goes down into that big cauldron. And, and they just keep getting sucked in and sucked in and sucked in. And it gets really scary because I'm not sure what happens down in that cauldron. I'm not sure where, where it goes. It just all disappears. It's out of my hands. It's out of control. And, and I wish I knew where it went. And I wish I had some influence or control over my money. But money just keeps slipping through my fingers and, and just poof, it's gone. I, didn't even, I thought of this story as, as I was um, praying over the sermon. I don't know if you've ever had any bad memories from like first or second grade of school. Anyone, anyone have any bad memories? You know, like things that weird, yeah, people are putting their hands up. All right. <laughs> well, this bad memory of mine is that, uh, you know, my mom gave me 50 cents to buy lunch at school that day. And that was a big deal in our household because we almost never bought school lunches. It, it was a Friday, and that was special at, at Oxford Elementary because it, it was about once a month on Fridays, the lunch people made hoagies for lunch, and it was a big deal. You walked in the, you walked in the lunchroom, and it smelled like onions, you know, and you knew it was hoagie day. It was great. It was the most popular school lunch ever. I think they... They got more people buying lunch that day than any other day of the week. And sometimes my parents had enough money for us to buy on hoagie day, and that was really, really special. So I got my money for lunch, and I got on the bus, and I went to school, and, you know, I had my book bag. And, you know, they weren't backpacks that like then. They were these, these long, skinny things with two straps. Do you, ever, you remember those old, those old book bags that you had two straps that the, the old people were nodding? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> two straps, and lunchtime came, and I was in line, and I had my hoagie and my tray and, and my milk, and I was right up there at the cashier. Time to pay, and I dip in my pocket for my money, and oh, no, I forgot. These were the pants that had holes in the pockets. My money was gone, probably on the floor of the bus back there somewhere. So some kind lunch lady let me bring in my money next Monday and let me, let me eat lunch that day anyway. But I believe that that's the, way, that's the way a lot of people feel like their finances are. Many just keep slipping through the, the holes in their pockets and, and they have no clue where it went. So developing a plan means getting a really good picture or grasp of our spending, knowing where it's going. And the first step before you develop a plan is to, we were challenged to track every penny of our spending for a month. 
So it was like, keep a little notebook or, or take your phone and open the notes app every day and track every penny that you spent that month. Well, it starts out, track every penny you spend today and then, and then do that again tomorrow. And, and it's often not the number of, of um, you know, Mercedes that you buy. It's often not the number of boats that you buy that busts your budget it's often the number of lattes that you buy, the number of burgers, the number of dinners out, the number of impulse spending that you weren't planning to, to buy uh, that you thought you just couldn't live without. It's often those little, little purchases like that that bust your budget. So, so uh, first is beginning to track every penny I spend and getting a clear picture Ah, okay, this is where my money is going. Now I'm beginning to understand. It's not all just disappearing into this black cauldron, but, but now I'm beginning to understand. Okay, it's getting clear now. My money is going to uh, all these burgers and all these lattes and, and all these other things that I thought I couldn't live without. Now I begin to understand. And, and a second practical step to face the, face the facts is to... Uh, it just basic uh, fact-facing, like, like balancing your checkbook every month if you have one. Keep good records. Have a box or some files around where everything is, is organized. And, and a third practical step is to face your financial fear. So people often use these excuses uh, against planning or, or budgeting in, in some way. Uh, I've heard these excuses like, I'm, a, I'm afraid of what I will find. I'm scared of what I will find. And, and I love this um, verse from 20, Proverbs 27, but this is in the English Standard Version. I love this in the Message Version as well. You know, it says, know well the conditions of your flocks, like you've got a flock of sheep. Proverbs 27 says, know your sheep by name. Carefully attend to your flocks. Don't take them for granted. Possessions don't last forever, you know. And then when the crops come in and the harvest is stored in the barns, you can knit sweaters from the lamb's wool and sell your goats for a profit. There will be plenty of milk and meat to last your family through, through the winter. You are the only person accountable and responsible for your own finances. So face the facts. Maybe it's not as bad as it looks. Maybe it's worse. Either way, you'll know clearly. So first of all, you've got to face the facts and know your condition, know your current condition. You can't begin to budget and plan unless you know what's happening in, in your own life, in your family, in your individual situation. Know well, know well your financial situation. And, and so that brings us to the, the budget worksheet that we handed out, the yellow page, and and. Part, part of filling out a budget worksheet like this, some of you know how to do this and have done it many times, some have no clue. And, and so at the very top, the very top box on the right-hand side, it says, begin with entering how much money you make. And this is monthly. Uh, some of you, it's really, really variable. It goes up and down. Uh, so you have to sort of average it and estimate what it'll be. Some of you, it's the same every single month. So you begin with entering how much money you make. And, and as I've helped people through this, I've been amazed at how many people really don't even have a clue how much money they make. 
this is like, I, I don't know how much money I make. I don't, I don't know anything about that. So that, that's your first step is, is saying, look, I've got I've to know how much money I make. And then it continues in the cash flow plan with, with entering amounts for where I will tell my money to go this month. And notice it starts with tithes. It starts with charity and offerings. It starts with giving back to God first. It, that's where it starts. And, and um, so that's why you need to do that tracking exercise and, and knowing where your money has been going. Another excuse that, that I've heard people use against planning and budgeting is that, look, look, I, I don't even want to think about it. If I just ignore it, it's going to go away. I love that excuse. <laughs> if I just ignore it, it's going to go away. And, and that's true. Your money very well might just go away if you ignore it. And, and you don't manage your business affairs well. If you don't manage your things well, it, it's just going to go away. It's going to be gone, and you have no clue where it's gone. It, it's like um, a house, or it's like a car that uh, you never do any maintenance to. And it, what happens? They eventually fall apart, don't they? Because you haven't maintained. You haven't been careful. You haven't been diligent in, in taking care of that house or car. And so will your finances if you're not responsible and accountable. So, number two. Uh, number one was face the facts. Get a clear picture of your situation. What, if it's good, it's bad. But know well the condition of your finances, your flocks and herds, as the Bible says. Number two, don't go down foolish highway. <laughs> Proverbs 21 and verse 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So the Bible calls us to be diligent. Be diligent. And that, that's like not overspending on accounts or, or that's not Bouncing checks. Um, uh, the re one research I read says that overdrafts or bouncing checks cost Americans $29 billion last year. Uh, Dave Ramsey says overdrafts are a sign of crisis living and sloppy, lazy money habits. Don't go down foolish highway, but be diligent. Proverbs 15 says without counsel... Plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And with finances or, or with many things in life, you don't have to go it alone. You can ask for advice. Uh, in this church, in Newport Church, we have lots of people. We have an amazing wealth of financial wisdom and business wisdom. We, we've got lots of people who would, I'm sure, be glad to sit down and, and talk with you and help you. Uh, we, uh, we have the great untapped uh, resources of, of people who are starting to retire who've, who've got wonderful wisdom to share with you. And it's not admitting you're dumb. It's not admitting you're stupid if you ask for someone's advice or wisdom. In fact, it's just the opposite. It shows that you care and it shows that you're, uh, that you're seeking and, and you want to find wisdom. And so, so it's a good thing to seek for counsel and, and uh, to have many advisors for for you in your in your life, number three, three point is is to pray. Uh, I love I love if you if you memorize verses memorize Proverbs three, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Wow, that is so much what we need in our finances. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I believe this is one of the clearest pieces of scripture you'll ever read. Uh, I've heard excuses from people saying, well, I don't read the Bible because I just can't understand it. Well, read Proverbs chapter 3 because you will understand clearly what God's saying this. He, He says, do this, but don't do that. If you do this, you're going to be blessed. I don't know if you ever watched the old movie Karate Kid. Anyone, anyone ever see the old movie Karate Kid? So, so I can't remember the boy's name now. It was totally Daniel. Is that what it was? Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. I knew some of you would know. <laughs> Daniel didn't know why he was being asked to do the things he did. Did he? You know, remember the things that Mister. Miyagi told him to do. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi told him to wax on, wax off, paint the fence. What was the other one? Sand. Sand the floor, something like that. Wax and sand and paint. And he, he had to do all these exercises, all these things, and he had no clue why he was doing it. What does this have to do with karate? I'm supposed to be learning karate, and Mr. Miyagi has me waxing his cars and, and painting his fence and all these things. And, and, you know, sometimes God is like that, isn't he? Because sometimes God asks us to do things, and, and we don't right away see the purpose or the reason. Sometimes th- things happen in life, and we don't quite understand what, what God was doing there. Sometimes we just simply obey Because God asks us to obey. But this scripture is not one of those times. Because God clearly speaks to us and says, this is exactly what I'm telling you to do. This is what I'm telling you to not do. And this is why I'm I'm telling you that. God isn't hiding hiding from us in this scripture. He clearly states how to succeed, what to do and what not to do. I would encourage you, the main point here is to pray. I would encourage you, if you're married, that you pray together with your spouse about your finances. Talk about your finances. Try to be in unity together with your spouse and finances. Try to be on the same page about money. Usually in, in a married couple, one of them is more financially minded than the other. So, so that's, that's good. I mean, someone can can um, you know, manage and the checkbook and, and take care of paying bills and things like that. But that doesn't give the other one an excuse to, to not be involved. You need to talk and you need to be involved. You need to pray together. And you need to be on the same page about money and, and where money is going in your family. Uh, if you're married, you both have some responsibility. Don't blame or dump it on, on the other person. Because, you know, truth be told, money is one of the prime uh, stresses on a marriage, and, and one of the 
reasons that marriages can fall apart. So, so be together in unity in, in your marriage regarding money. Think together, dream together, pray together. Uh, how much are we going to give? How much are we going to save? Uh, how soon can we get out of debt? In fact, we, we encourage every person, every couple to pray at the beginning of each year and write down some vision and goals for the year. Not, not just money, but that's part of it. But, but look at what God did in, in the year last year. Evaluate last year and then say, what, what happened and what worked well and how do we see God move and work and thank God for the ways you've been blessed. And, and then look forward to a new year and say, what, where do we believe? Where are we trusting God for this year? And this is what we're believing for. This is what we're praying for. God, we will trust in you with all of our hearts this year. So honor God with your wealth to budget and be careful, wise manager, I believe are the first steps in honoring God with your finances, being to budget and being, being a careful, wise, wise manager. Number four, ask God for supernatural wisdom. Some people say, oh, math just confuses me. I'm not financially minded at all. Well, guess what? James chapter 1 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You know what? I claim this scripture a lot, almost every day sometimes, because I readily admit that I need supernatural wisdom. I desperately need supernatural wisdom in my life, and, and that's not just for uh, pastoring here, but it's for parenting, it's for being a husband, it's for, it's for all the things that, that we do in life. It's for finances, it's for um, dealing and, and talking with people, meeting with people, uh, visiting with people. I, I just need God's supernatural uh, wisdom in my life. So I, I encourage you, claim that promise and, and ask God. Uh, he, he gives generously, the Bible says. You don't have to have a college degree in finance or accounting to be a good manager of what God gives you. So, so I believe God calls us to be wise, to be thinking ahead, to be planning ahead and diligent. And if you look at the, the baby steps, baby step number one was uh, saving $1,000 for an emergency fund or at least setting some money aside for an emergency fund. So a beginning budget, if you've never done a budget ever, is, is just as simple as, as um, a, plain, a plain envelope. I had an envelope here somewhere. It got lost. But uh, there it is. A, a simple budget can be, can be just as simple as, a, as an envelope like this. So let me explain the, the very simplest of, of budgets. Suppose... Well, let, let's start with, with this. Some of you are, are do we have any 15-year-olds here today? 15-year-olds. Stick your hand up high if you're a 15-year-old, which means that maybe this year or next year you will get what? Driver's license. Driver's license. And, and parents, you just have to pray harder, that's all. You just have to pray more. But you'll get a driver's license, and then, and then soon, maybe after that, at some point, you'll be saving your money, or mom and dad will be saving their money, and you'll get what? A car. I'll get a car for the first time, and, and then, then this, is the, this is the most wonderful day of my life. But guess what? Cars cost money, don't they? And, and so, 
So suppose I have a car that, that, has, that I have to pay car insurance for, because you have to pay car insurance, right? Car insurance, and, and I have a, a bill that, that comes due twice a year of car insurance. And that bill twice a year is $600, and it comes due every January and every July, $600. And so every January and every July, I could just freak out when the bill comes and says, oh no, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. I don't have any money. Where How am I going to pay my auto insurance? It, the bill just came. Or I could budget and I could take an envelope and I could say, uh, I could take a pen and I could write auto insurance on the envelope. And, and every month, if the bill is, every, is uh, $600, every month I will put how much into it? $100 every month so that every six months I will have saved up $600. So January, I'll have my $600, and I will pay my bill, and then February, I put $100 in. To, uh, March, I put $100 in. April, I put $100 in. And, and I ha- have just developed the, the simplest, easiest budget to save ahead and pay for my bills. You've just made a simple envelope budget. Now, Having a simple envelope budget with cash sitting there in your sock drawer means that, that you have to discipline yourself, don't you? You have to discipline yourself. So I won't dip into my car insurance fund when I want new sneakers or when I want to go to that concert or when I want to buy something brand new. No, this is, uh, so we have to discipline ourselves and say, this is the money I've set aside, and, and this is the way um, I'm going to, to save. So, so budgeting takes a little bit of, of discipline. It's like Proverbs 27. It says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So the prudent knows that my car insurance bill is going to come in July, and so I'm going to start saving now, knowing that my my bill is going to come due. So a budget is just a simple tool. It's not uh, this this uh, law that's uh, hammering you down, but it's just a simple tool that a prudent person uses to protect him or herself and their and their family. Number five. It's all loaned to me from God. It's all loaned. First Corinthians four and verse two. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So a steward is just like a manager, that uh, a manager of someone else's stuff. And like that parable from the very beginning, the, the master gave his servants things to manage. And we have this amazingly kind and generous, lavish father. Merle really hit the nail on the head last week with this. And if you didn't hear last Sunday, you need to listen to the sermon on, on the website. Go on, go on there and you can listen to the audio. We have a lavish father who loves to pour out generously his goodness on us. He entrusts us with money and, and jobs and, and children and property and, and husband or wife, a business, spiritual gifts, spiritual blessings. And he gives us all this and ask that we be wise managers. So, simple example. Maybe God has entrusted you with a car. So what does a wise manager of my car look like that God has entrusted to me? What does it mean to be a wise manager of my car? Well, 
you could be careful and diligent to maintain that car. Change the oil, rotate the tires, change the filters, have it checked. Or you could be just negligent regarding that car that God gave you. If you ignore it, what? It'll go away. It'll probably fall apart someday if you totally ignore it and, and don't pay any attention to it. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, talk to her kids about this. Is there so much trash inside that it needs to be shoveled out? You know, are you taking care of, are you taking care of what God has given you? Uh, junior high students, senior high students, maybe God and your family have entrusted you with a bedroom in your house or part of a bedroom. Maybe God's entrusted you with that. Are you a good manager of the space God has given you? Do you take care of it well, or does it need a garbage truck sometimes to, to be all shoveled out? Parents, you can be texting your kids right now about listening to that. God entrusts us and blesses us and gives to us generously, and we're responsible, accountable, to be wise users, even of the little things, like half of a bedroom. I'm a wise and accountable user of, of what God has what God has given me. Luke chapter 16. One who is faithful in very little, half of a bedroom. One who is faithful in very little is also, also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little, also dishonest in much. If you then, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Uh, I recently saw this uh, really cool YouTube video about six minutes long, I think. Um, some, somebody here sh shared it on Facebook. It says, uh, the title of it was Change the World by Making Your Bed. And, and um, the talk was by Navy Admiral William McRaven. He was speaking at a, at a college commencement um, ceremony somewhere. And, and his premise was, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And, and he recounts when he was just starting in SEAL training in the Navy. And, and he was, you know, they, they, these were um, brawny guys who were going to be mighty warriors. They're going to be SEALs. And yet every morning there was inspection of how they had made their beds. And he could not figure out why is... Making a bed and just having the pillow in the exact right spot and having, the, having everything tucked in just right, why is that so important? He didn't understand. And he began to realize that, that the Navy was trying to teach him that making your bed every morning reinforces the fact that little things matter. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And, and he says in the video, if you can't do the little things right, you'll never do the big things right. So make your bed. Do the little things right, and then God will entrust to you more things because he knows you're faithful and accountable. In doing just little things, he'll entrust to you more because our Father is faithful with us. We can be faithful with all that we have and all, all that we are. So number six. Where's your heart this morning? Luke 6. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, the way we use what God gives to us reveals a lot about where our, our hearts are. Is my money and, 
and heart me-focused or is it God-focused? Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has created you with a mission in mind. You're his workmanship. God prepared things for you to do long before you were born. God created you with a mission in mind. That was the old mission impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, you know, before the cassette tape melted and exploded and self-destructed. God created you with a mission in mind. God gives you the resources to accomplish the mission he's given you. And so we're called to be accountable to our, our master. And so as we've been saying, we have these seven baby steps on the on the uh, the little card, and and I believe that that baby step one through seven, I believe that baby step zero, the most important one, is first coming into a right relationship with God through believing in Jesus. Because when we when we believe in Jesus, then God's Spirit comes to live in us, and God promises to change us and clean us up and, and, and change us on the inside so that our, our mind changes and our attitudes change and our thoughts change and, and what our desires change. And so I'd like to give that opportunity this morning. If, if someone has, has not chosen yet to, to believe in Jesus or, or you, um, or maybe just coming back to God and been, been far away from Him, we'd like to give you that opportunity. Would you stand your feet with me this morning? I'd just like to lead you in a prayer here this morning. If, if you're just coming back to God or, or you believing in Jesus for the first time, maybe just quietly in, in, uh, in your uh, thoughts, would you pray along with me as I just lead you in this prayer, coming into right relationship with God, because where your heart is, is the, the most important thing. And so it, the prayer, uh, if you just pray, uh, Jesus, I believe in you, that you died and rose for me to be saved. Father, would you forgive me and help me to turn away from everything I know to be wrong? Spirit, would you come to leave and live in me, changing me on the inside? And Lord, I just begin to pray for each person, each family, each individual, each marriage here this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd begin to uh, help us to be more responsible and to be more accountable to you for the way we use all the things that you've you've given us. Lord, help us to be wise managers. Help us to be wise stewards of all the things that you've given us, whether it's whether it's ten dollars a month or 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 a thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month. Lord, Lord, help us to be uh, wise managers and wise users of what you've you've given us. Lord, would you begin to do adjustments in our hearts and our minds and our attitudes regarding money and regarding all the things that that you've given us. And Lord, would you give us specific steps to take this week that that perhaps we will start to pray together about our finances. Maybe we'll start to to plan together. Maybe we'll we'll work on this budget together. Maybe it's it's just a simple simple budget. But Lord, would you give us wisdom and direction and guidance? And Lord, I pray that that this church uh, that that 
many people here would step forward into uh, just a new freedom in finances. They'd step forward into a new accountability in finances. We'd step forward into a new responsibility in finances and seeing, seeing you bless and seeing your generosity. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're a good God, that you love us. You give us principles in your word to follow. So Lord, help us to have the strength and courage to step out and, and uh, follow you in, in all the ways you're calling us to this week in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to invite the prayer ministers to come. We'd like to be available here to, to pray with you this, uh, uh, after the service. And, and I believe that, that um, God wants to speak to some people prophetically. God wants to heal some people. God wants to uh, move uh, mightily in, in some people's hearts and lives. So we'd like to invite you to come forward for prayer if, uh, if God is, is speaking to you. And, and we have we have uh, people here who will, who will pray with you this morning. So God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward for prayer. We'd love to, love to pray with you this morning. Amen. Oh, my.